The Center for Native American Youth at the Aspen Institute recently released their annual report as a resource and roadmap to help decrease barriers and increase opportunity for Native youth. When you read the report, you will see throughout every single chapter the resiliency of young people. Young people are capable of making the change that we all desire to see for a more equitable and just society. We just need to give them more opportunities to lead, um, give them more platforms and resources. Nikki Petrie is the first female Native American executive director of the Center for Native American Youth, or CNAY. She is a member of the Coeur d'Alene tribe and is of the Redbird clan. Too often, we have seen in data the erasure of Native people within science and within data. From the Aspen Institute, I'm Amina Akhtar. This is Aspen Insight. The CNAY report includes results from the Indigenous Futures Survey of more than 6,000 people across the country representing 401 tribes, villages, and communities. The results identify the most urgent issues for Native Americans, from education and jobs to health and wellness, as well as addressing the COVID-19 crisis. Because this kind of data is not readily available from other sources, Native youth are branching out on their own to gather this information within their communities. I asked Petrie why numbers are so important to the work of Native youth in 2020. You know, it's so exciting. So we had launched the Indigenous Futures Survey, which is the first of its kind survey. Um, Too often, we have seen in data the erasure of Native people within science and within data. And so to address this, we created the Indigenous Futures Survey because we wanted to create a survey by Native people for Native people. We asked questions about how is COVID-19 really impacting you? How are you engaged civically? What are your hopes for the future? What is your trust or distrust in systems and the government? Are you concerned about where we are headed as a country? What gives you hope? Um, How do you recognize your contributions in American society? and then in your tribal affiliation in that society. And the amount of data that we received, we had over 6,000 people take this survey, which is the most amount of Native people who have come together to take a survey by Natives ever recorded. And that tells us that Native people are eager to share their voice. To CNN's erasure on the report calling Native people something else in the voting polls, we created the Something Else survey. We're going to spend next year, um, 2021, the first half, continuing to unpack the Indigenous Futures Survey. Um, The Center for Native American Youth is going to focus in on the 18 to 24 demographics and those findings. We're going to pull together that data, bring it to our youth advisory board, ask how this lands on them, and hopefully create a policy report or a briefing to share with some foundations, um, share obviously with our colleagues at the Institute but also push for better policies um, on issues that young people truly believe in and will have the science behind it for the first time, which is really exciting. You know, I think as we're looking ahead, if data isn't going to be including us and science isn't going to be including us, CNAY and Native people are recognizing that we need to start inserting ourselves. We need to do our own polling. We need to do our own surveying. And so you'll see a lot more data um, content in the State of Native Youth Report this year, um, which is just kind of at the start of what we hope to do in 2021 and beyond as we continue to collect more information about our people. The topic of education is really important in this report. You go everywhere from school mascots to indigenizing education systems. 
So we are at a space right now where our champions for change this year, they've received training and technical assistance, kind of the tools in their toolbox, and they're ready to go out and make the change that they know that they're capable of. I think about Owen Oliver, who provided a land acknowledgement training for the entire Aspen Institute and the impact that it has had and the change that it has ignited for how policy programs show up and hold their events. We're seeing for the first time, you know, different Aspen convenings doing land acknowledgements. I'm working right now to make sure that we have plaques on land acknowledgements um, at all of our offices, which is really exciting. And um, that's all because of what a young person did and his commitment to indigenizing institutions, whether it's education, whether they're organizations. Um, and so I think that is something just really exciting. I think that the State of Native Youth Reports Education and Jobs chapter also really focuses in on the strengths and contributions of tribal colleges and universities, which are fully accredited minority serving institutions of higher education, mostly located on Indian reservations throughout the United States. And the fact that they're still able to lead and provide good quality education amid a global pandemic um, within tribal communities that may not have the best access to broadband you know, is just really powerful. And I think it's definitely a story and a narrative that's worth sharing. And I think as young people continue to navigate higher education amid a global pandemic, you know, we are just seeing stories of strength and resilience and really driving grit that young people have. With education, we are the white man's equal, but without education, native people are just a victim. And that was a quote from Chief Lenny Coop. Um, and I think that that's what we really drive into young people is just the importance in education and the opportunity to show up holistically in education. So bring your full identity of who you are as a native person. I think that we're also really pushing for broader education systems to be more inclusive of indigenous education, bringing community in to tell um, native history in history classes to recognize that even though elders may not have had the opportunity to pursue education, pass a certain grade, that that doesn't mean that we weren't the first mathematicians. That doesn't mean that our people weren't scientists. My ancestors have navigated the stars since time immemorial and they are scientists, whether or not they had a formal Western education. And so recognizing that education comes in many different forms, but to celebrate the different forms of education within today's Western education systems is something that's highlighted within our State of Native Youth Report as well. I think that as long as young people have, are empowered to show up with their cultural identity and have a space within the education system that is accepting of that, our young people are gonna thrive in that system. However, if there's continued erasure and lack of truth in history classes or lack of visibility in the classrooms, that system's gonna continue to set up to fail native people. What can we expect in the health and wellness chapter from the 2020 State of Youth Report? When you read the report, you will see throughout every single chapter, the resiliency of young people. Young people are capable of making the change that we all desire to see for a more equitable and just society. We just need to give them more opportunities to lead, um, give them more platforms and resources, give them the tools that they need in their toolbox to go out and make that change. And so you'll read throughout the report, especially in chapters such as health and wellness, where young people, when they are able to bring their culture um, and stay tied and deeply committed to their tribal communities, that is well-being. We launched a campaign called Native Youth Our Medicine 
with some partner organizations earlier this summer and were completely inspired by the holistic way that young people like to show up from consulting elders, from you know, touching, touching and you know, returning to food systems, uh, traditional food ways, um, to honoring the land, the waters and sacred sites and all of this in a holistic well-being that is truly reflective of a resilient culture and truly honors you know, the foundation uh, that our ancestors have really laid for us. And so when I think about Native youth, our medicine, and when I think about the state of Native youth report, I can see that our youth are standing on the shoulders of our ancestors. I'm so incredibly inspired. Um, this is the first time in the report that we really let young people author chapters. And so you'll see some champions for change. Um, one of our interns authored two chapters this year. Um, and what's really amazing is that you know that when you read these chapters, young people have such a strong and powerful voice. And so we are so proud to allow the State of Native Youth Report that platform and that opportunity for them to showcase and use their voice in a meaningful way. There's not much more I can say other than I'm just so incredibly proud of this report this year. This is our fifth report, and I believe that this is one of our most culturally competent, holistic, makes you feel good in your heart reports that is also really rich in data. I love this notion of culture is medicine. How are you honoring your culture this season? Oh my God, you're gonna make me cry. Um, you know, I, <clears throat> I think that, what am I doing to honor my culture? Women are the backbone of our society. And in bringing life into this world, we are protecting and preserving the future of our people. And so by showing up every day unapologetically and setting an example for my daughter is a way that I honor my culture. Um, every morning, my daughter and I start our morning and we smudge together. Um, and my daughter understands the importance of putting smudge the smoke over her eyes so she can see things in a good way over her mouth so she speaks words of kindness and over her heart so she can remember to always lead from her heart. Lastly, my daughter likes to put smoke over her feet so she knows how to walk a good path. And so being able to teach those things onto her, she's only three and a half years old. Um, she is truly, I think the biggest blessing I could have ever received. Um, her Indian name is Appleton Raymond Sutton, which means carries the medicine. And I truly believe that she carries the medicine of our people. And, you know, in addition to practicing my language, sewing, making regalia, and just allowing my daughter that space to be that next generation of a proud young little native woman that she is just running our house. It's just really beautiful to see. And I think that how I honor my culture and I honor my traditional teachings is I treat everyone with respect. I value everyone. I, you know, I think that's one of our cultural teachings is uh, to remember that everyone bleeds the same. You're not better than anyone to your left or to your right. And I show up, you know, whether it's in my personal life and that's also how I've committed to show up at in my work at the Aspen Institute. Um, you know, and I think that also showing up unapologetically with my cultural identity, just as we encourage young people to show up holistically as themselves, I carry my identity with me everywhere I go. And I do that unapologetically, even if it means over-indigenizing a space. Um, and, you know, just knowing that I never walk into a room alone. I always walk into a room with my grandmas. And 
I've also honored my culture by seeking out mentors who are younger than me. So young native women and girls, just learning from them. I've learned so much from young people such as our Champions for Change, or members of our Youth Advisory Board, or even just young girls in my personal network. Continuing to learn, offer space, and just do the best that I can to just truly uplift native people is how I do my best to honor my culture. If you'd like to learn more about the Center for Native American Youth, go to www.cnay.org and follow at center number four native on Twitter and Instagram. Stay tuned for next week's episode of The Value of Leadership, a podcast from the Aspen Institute's Aspen Global Leadership Network. Thank you to my colleagues who made this episode possible. Nikki Petrie of the Coeur d'Alene Tribe, Christina Sacconi, Pearl Mack, and former Senator Byron Dorgan. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and follow at Aspen Institute on Twitter and Instagram to stay up to date with our work. Thanks for listening.